and I welcome you to What's New. We return today for one more look at Paul's farewell address to the Ephesian church elders. We will be looking at verses 32 through 38 of Acts chapter 20, the final verses of this chapter. On our previous study, taken from verses 28 through 31, Paul reminds these men that the Holy Spirit is holding them responsible as overseers for the shepherding of God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood. They needed to be on guard against Satan's people that will come in as vicious wolves to destroy the flock. Now we come to the conclusion of his address, and here is what Luke writes. And now, brothers, I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, who is able to build you up and to grant you the inheritance among all those made holy. I have set my mind on no one's silver or gold or clothing. You personally know that these hands of mine supplied all of my needs and those of my companions. I have in every way pointed out to you how, by working hard that way, the needy must be ministered to, and that we should remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Having so spoken, he bowed his knees and prayed with them all. They all wept freely. They fell on Paul's neck and fervently kissed him. They were grieved, especially over the remark that he made that they would see his face no more. Then they escorted him to the ship. The Lord is my shepherd, I'll walk with him always. He leads me by still waters, I'll walk with Him always. Always, always, I'll walk with Him always. Always, always, I'll walk with Him always. The Lord is my shepherd, I'll walk with Him always. This is a tender meeting between Paul and the elders of the church in Ephesus. These men love Paul, and he loves them. It is difficult for them to let him go, knowing that they will not see him again in this life. They bid him a touching farewell. Now here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. Paul had worked in Ephesus on the west coast of Asia Minor, now Turkey, for three years. A strong church had been formed. It was now time to leave the area with the possibility that this strong leader would not return. 
He asked to meet with the elders of the church for one last time. They met thirty miles south of Ephesus at a place called Miletus. I've talked this week about Paul's parting words to this group of men. Here is the final paragraph. Paul concludes his speech with these words. Now I commit you to God and to the word of His grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted any one's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of work, we must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself when he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Those are Paul's final words. While he himself would not be there, these elders should know that he was not essential to the work at Ephesus. No Christian worker is ever indispensable. Paul was no exception. So he reminded them what they still had, even with him gone. He committed them to God and to the Word. God would be there, Paul reminded them. And they still had the Word of God. No doubt Paul referred to the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, and to his words to them. The first was written down, the second was in their memory, and would be written down later in Paul's letter to the Ephesians. What Paul wants them to remember is that this word communicates grace. It is the word of his grace. Evidently in the Ephesian church, there had already arisen ideas promulgated by false teachers from within that all was not of grace, that Gentile Christians must come by way of Judaism, by way of the law and circumcision, and perhaps other works. So Paul feels it necessary that the Word of God communicates grace, not works. Whether in the Hebrew Bible or later in the New Testament, salvation is always by grace through faith. It can never be earned or worked for. It's all of grace. So even if Paul wouldn't be around to preach grace, they still had the Word of God. That, after all, was his only source, too. So Paul was reminding these downcast leaders that his absence would not be harmful to the flock. Perhaps he even inferred that his absence was necessary for the flock to continue on its own. Instead of depending on Paul, they would depend on the Lord and the Word. After all, it is the Word that builds up the people. Perhaps I should emphasize that for a moment. Nothing builds a person up in the faith like the Word of God. God forgive us where we have used other means and other methods. In our age, the church has been influenced by existential philosophy and as a result, we have placed too much emphasis, in my opinion, on experience. Experience alone does not build an edifice. It is not trustworthy. It is too subjective. Experience can be programmed. Any experience can be programmed. The Word of God is truth that is objective. That is, it's outside of us humans, and it is written down so it can't be changed. Paul pointed them to the word that would build them up, nothing else. 
Now Paul has another practical note to these leaders. He reminds them that they need to be good examples to the flock. They should work hard and help those in need. This is what he himself had done. After all, Jesus himself had said, it is more pleasant to give than to receive. These words of Jesus evidently came from a collection of his sayings that was circulating in the churches. Those words are not found in the Gospels, although they are certainly in the spirit of Jesus. It really is more blessed to give than to receive. I believe it's much easier to give than to receive. So on that very practical note, Paul concludes his speech to these Ephesian elders. It's time to leave Miletus. Now note how Luke describes that departure. When he had said this, Luke writes, he knelt down with them all and they prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again. Then they accompanied him to the ship. After we had torn ourselves away from them, we put out to sea. What a touching scene. They all walked down to the dock, and grown men embraced and kissed. These elders had an intense emotional and spiritual attachment to their leader. He had been God's servant among them, and he had given unselfishly of his means and time. But Paul was pastor at large to all the Gentile churches. He had others to visit. Their final act together was to pray. They knelt down, perhaps on the sandy beach, within sight of the ship, maybe right by the gangplank, before Paul and his companions walked up into the vessel. They prayed. I wish I could have been there, not just to view the emotional scene, but to hear those prayers. After prayers and tears, as Luke puts it, we tore ourselves away. Christ makes for a close relationship between brothers and sisters in the faith. Those who don't know the Lord personally will not understand. What's new is being heard in many different countries across our world by radio or by cassette. Wherever we are heard by those who know Jesus, we're brothers and sisters. That establishes a closeness often much more real and meaningful than blood brothers and sisters. That's just the way it is. When you belong to the family of Christ, united in heart and mind. There's no time to be divided. His word must be shared. So many are searching to
What's New is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.